Welcome to this week's edition of the Big Monday Show. There wasn't a whole lot of stake action this weekend, but probably the biggest news was uh, the debut of Malathat's sister. We'll talk about that and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. Be back here in just about a minute and 30 seconds. Pleasant Acre Farms is a full-service breeding operation located in Morriston, Florida, just outside of Ocala. If you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State, or you're already involved, Pleasant Acre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just great people, do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. Uh, They have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees, your mare will find a match at Pleasant Acre Farms. Currently, the star of Pleasant Acre Farms stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of the freshman stallion of the year here in the state of Florida. His son, Make It Big, just made it three for three, winning the $400,000 Springboard Mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at www.pleasantacrestallions.com or on Twitter at P-A-S Stallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Stallions, check them out. Hello, Mr. Sniper. Hello, Mr. Simon. How are you doing this fine day? I'm here. I'm here. I'm doing. I'm existing. I want to shout out to uh, Joe Christofek and his brother Dan. We've completed the... The world's longest NBA fantasy league draft. The draft is longer than the season. It's close. But uh, but anyways, you know, we got to keep Joe. Um, Joe didn't have any, no no Chicago Bulls this year. I was, no, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't do any Bulls. Show. New strategy, but we got to keep him, you know, occupied in between Churchill meets. Yeah. So, um. Kind of a slow weekend for, uh, at least for stakes action. Yes. Which always is this traditional low before the Breeders' Cup. There was a uh, Queen Elizabeth, Keeneland, um, which turned into <laughs> with every other round in but every other graded stake races uh, on the grass for Phillies turns into. Um, the, Chad the, other, the other Chad Brown. Phil used to run on the on the dirt, but it was only a matter of time before. Yeah, I, did, I, I, it was it was actually kind of puzzling to me why they didn't go to the uh, to the turf sooner with that horse. But better late than never. Yes, Gina Romantica. She ran good. I mean, it wasn't a very good field for that class of race. 
it was uh, it was a pretty soft field. It was disappointing. There wasn't money. Um, it was one European horse who you know just was okay. Um, uh, but um, Carvel, Carvel, yeah, it always makes me think of the ice cream. Yes. You know, I used to get from Carvel is the, um, they used to call it the fruit salad. Yeah. Where it was like the soft serve with fruit mixed in. It's phenomenal. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Actually, that was my go-to when I first moved to Florida. West Palm Beach. Carvel. Used to see my face quite often. On Okeechobee. Okeechobee. Uh, did the mayor ever tell you about the time he took over the Carvel and, uh, on Allendale Beach Boulevard right up by? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was serving them ice cream. He was serving them ice cream. The best was the guy who owned the place. Just let him do it. <laughs> Anyways, um, we're getting off topic quickly. Already, yeah. <laughs> I was at um, at um, at the harness track today. I went over to the sale. Fazek Tipton has a New York bred sale um, for mostly weanlings and broodmares and stuff. But it was a you know absolutely miserable day to have a horse sale. But uh, actually, it was actually actually uh, in Saratoga, it was a miserable day to do anything. Because it was cold and raining, and uh, that's just the way it is. But uh, the sale apparently went well. Um, but it wasn't uh, wasn't a huge crowd of people. I saw quite a few people there. A couple guys that listened to the show. Thank you. We do appreciate it. One guy told me he listens to the show while he's mowing. And then went over to the harness track where uh, a paltry crowd of about 14 was there. <laughs> festivities in. Is that including you or not including you? It, it, I included myself in that. Um, Mr. Spinelli was over there. Our man Beansy was a small but select crowd. Frankie Eckert. The... I was going to say, it was like it was like old times. <laughs> yeah, like mostly people we knew. Right. <laughs> I didn't venture upstairs because I just didn't have the energy. But uh, yeah, they I ran some interesting races. They <laughs> they they have some uh, morning line issues like every other track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one you sent me was kind of absurd. There's a horse that came from New Zealand has just absolutely jogged every race. He's run like seven times in the U.S. and every race is just crushed. Goes off one to nine every race, gets the rail, <laughs> morning line six to five. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's crazy. <laughs> uh, and what the horse promptly do? Jog once again. Jog burger. One at, at one to nine. One to nine. Two ten. Two ten. Two ten. It was about uh, I think eleven thousand, eleven thousand five hundred dollars bet in the show pool. For Saratoga harness race, they generally have about four hundred dollars bet in the show. But um, everybody's trying to cash in. 
That was that was the sure thing of the month. That was that was that was pretty close to sure thing. But uh, yeah, this next this coming week is there's not a whole lot going on. The Maryland Million is is coming up. Um, our guy Frank Vespi volunteered to come on the show, but uh, you know we don't even have PPs or anything. And to be honest, I really don't know the horse is good enough to to look at him. Yeah. I'm actually doing uh, a preview of that on Thursday. Yeah, yeah Thursday we could do it, but uh, Monday I don't. You know, I don't even know if they're drawn yet. I don't think so. So, so that's another thing. I mean, really, it's, it's kind of a, a slow week and until the pre-entries come out. And it seems like there's a bunch of horses are going to pre-enter in multiple races for the this Breeders' Cup. Whenever they do that, I always, I always think of, like, fantasy basketball, where they do, like, the guard forward eligibility. Yeah. Or forward. Yeah, right. A guy played <laughs> one day, one game out of, like, 300 eligibility center uh i know this would this would drive alan jerkins crazy it, it would make him nuts because I, I know exactly what he would say when when people cross enter in like the classic and the turf mile <laughs> like two completely different races <laughs> they already know but, when they how can you train a horse for, for this race and then you know, run them in that race. It doesn't make any sense. But uh, yeah, I always, always wondered that because it's like, what would it take for the horse to go to their second choice? Yeah, right. Like, would it take like, like five horses scratching or something? <laughs> it's it just, it's just odd to me. It's always been odd, and I understand people like flexibility, but. I mean, at this point in the game, if you don't know which race your horse best, <clears throat> maybe you shouldn't be. Uh, like Jack Christopher, partic- why would you run Jack Christopher in the, in the dirt mile, which isn't even a mile? I would run him in the sprint. There's an Eclipse Award up for grabs in the sprint if he wins. If he <laughs> wins the the dirt mile in seventy yards. Get him. You know, <laughs> it, it, Maybe second second place in the, the three year old championship. What they what good is that? That gets you nothing, zero, not nada. Right. So, like to me, that that would be because if he wins, if he, if he beats Jackie's Warrior in the sprint, then he's sprint champion because right. he won, um, you know some some uh, he won that the Jerkins. So. Right, the only the only loss he has is that Woody Stevens. He won the Woody Stevens. That's as a sprint. I mean, those are two Grade One sprints. He would be, you know, he would he he would be the sprint champion in there if he won that race. Like winning the mile and seventy yard race, like that. That's like a consolation prize. And I understand why um, life is good. It did it last year because. It just he he hadn't had but the one start off the right. Wall. He didn't have the foundation, right? Then he ran, and you know he ran in the Jerkins. Then he ran in that race uh, with <clears throat> Elsa, or you know it was like a just a yeah, it was a walk. 
And he, he wasn't ready to go a mile and a quarter. Plus, the horse who was the favorite for the Classic last year had the same exact running style as he did. So it made sense for him to do it because he was a horse that had missed most of the year because he would have been injured. And they had their sights on the Pegasus anyway. Right. I mean, he was going to come back for a four-year-old campaign, and, and this year was going to be the year he stretched out. And I mean, we still, a year, a year later, we still don't know if he go on a quarter. Right. Um, I mean. <laughs> it's funny how it works out like that, but, but, um. Yeah, I would I would run them in the in the the, the sprint. I mean, it, it's not like you can't win it. So this would be an interesting race to sprint. Yeah, I like to know who else is going in it. I'm assuming Gunite's going in there. Um, I'm guessing that a couple of those West Coast sprinters, um, Manny Wa. Got his got his free three, <laughs> so he can finish second. Many Wild, many Wild wins the sprint. They should just cancel it. I'm sorry, Catman, but Many Wild would be the worst horse to win a, a, a an actual Breeders' Cup race. I don't count them. Yeah, then who? I mean, I don't got the you know one of the original seven. You'd have to give it to Jackie's Warrior at that point. Imagine if Manny. Oh, I man. mean, I'd like to see it. Catalano would like lose his mind, right? Yeah, back to back, but um, two different horses. Maniwa just isn't really any. Good. No, he finished the second. He just isn't very good. He finished second allowance <laughs> races. <laughs> I don't know what happened to the sprint division over the last few years, but it just hasn't been good. I mean, it just hasn't been good. Not as good as you would think it would. You know, like I like Mo- Moquette's my guy. Right? I've known Moquette for a long time. He's a great guy. I root for him. He's you know he's my dude. But Whitmore was like an optional seventy five thousand claimer, and he got the Eclipse Award by default. I mean, he literally had two wins on the year, and and um, you know, e- even last year it, it just was. Uh, it's almost as bad as the channel maker thing. <clears throat> yeah, right. Older turf horses and and uh, sprinters in this country have just, and I get the older turf horses somewhat, in that um, we don't have a lot of really strong turf stallions in this country, mm. and a lot of the horses who wind up being our. Um, you know, mainstays in those turf races. A lot of them are imports anyways. But sprinters, I don't understand why we all of a sudden don't have a lot of good sprinters. I mean, the California sprinters are soft. Um, at American Theorem, I mean, he's okay. Right. They're, they're nobody that blows you away other than Jackie's warrior. Oh, right. And, <laughs> and, and he's not unbeatable. Um, by any stretch of the imagination, he's a really, really, really good horse, but he's he's not unbeatable. He's as as shown by you know him. Cody's wish losing on occasion. Now Cody's wish, I could see them running him in the dirt mile because I don't know if at sprinting doesn't seem like his strong six furlongs might be right. A little bit of a tough task, especially if it's a bulky field. Um, and I'm assuming he's coming back next year. If they retire him, I'll just be 
upset. I just don't understand. Like this is a really bad year to retire a, a um, you know, a medium type stallion prospect. Right There's when you know on the stud this year. Right, you got the two top tier prospects, like really top tier, <laughs> and then even the the quote unquote ones after that, the second tier. But yeah, I I wouldn't want to go out the you know and go in the stud the same year to compete with flight line and life is good. Sorry. I'll wait. (laughs) Especially if your horse is sound. Right. And and there's you know a bunch of young stallions right now that are that are really producing and it's it's a crowded market at the top. And to be honest, the only real strengthen the market and the sales market is the top um which is you know that's not exactly uh you know it's not exactly like uh wisdom from above or anything of course (laughs) you know the higher price sources are are going to do better but but all the growth in, in that market is on the top the middle market is we've been saying for i don't know 30 years there's no middle market. It's either cheapies or, or, or real expensive ones. So I don't know what the rush is to go stand a horse for $15,000. To me, it just seemed, especially if they have the ability to, to win a bunch of races. Um, and a horse like Cody's Wish really does. He's gotten better and better and better. Uh, Olympiad's another horse. I mean... Well, who's that horse that we talked about that was like... Cyber... Cyber knife. No, it was it was uh uh it was uh I wanna say it was Tom something that came out. Oh, Tom the top. Yes. Yeah. When's the last time you heard his name uttered by anyone? Exactly. I mean, but he stuck around. Right. He he finally he had actually a, did the right he, thing and stuck around and he finally had a good year. Right. And then, you know, but even still, it, it's like if his first foals don't run, he'll be standing in Louisiana for four grand. We need we need people to stick around like Tom's Detail for yeah, I mean right. If he had well, I guess they didn't have many options to retire before that, but but even so, like there there's a million horses in that, that cheaper range. And I mean, if you're looking to sell in the commercial market, it's hard to to, to to sell um horses that are by fifteen thousand dollars stallions, it just is. And you know, there's a lot of stud fees. Um, this is the week the stud fees start coming out. Spendthrift was the first, and that was. Uh, I'm still kind of like, I don't even know what the word is like. Just. I, I guess disappointed because I really thought that that Cyberknife Cyberknife was a horse that when he was uh, when we were in February and March, to me he was a horse that just was mentally immature. Mm-hmm. He didn't run straight. He he acted up before the races. He dropped the riders. He did a lot of stupid stuff. I mean, he he clearly was talented, but I think he'd been DQ'd a couple times. I mean, he was yeah, just freaked out that, in the before the Arkansas Derby that he won. Right, he he was just a horse that that had a lot of physical ability that just couldn't 
you know, keep his, his, his head on straight. And you could see him as the year progressed, getting better and better and better. And, uh, you know, he didn't act up as, as badly in, in the last few, you know, braces and the, the paddock and stuff. And, and he's not as good as epicenter. He just isn't. But um, you could make a case that he's the second or third best horse in this crop. And he only has two wins this year that matter. The Arkansas Derby, which isn't exactly a style-making race, and the Haskell. And you, you, you project next year, the older horses this year, beyond Life is Good and Flightline. Um, there are they, none. Right. It's a very thin group. So it's not as though there's a, a real strong contingent coming back next year from the older horses. The best two are, are going to stud. So the three-year-olds, of the three-year-olds, if you say that, that um, uh, Epicenter, Taiba, and, and Cyberknife are the three best three-year-olds, and I don't think you'll get a whole lot of... Uh, pushback i mean maybe you could throw zenden in there but he's to me the fourth best and uh, our friend rich strike is probably a little bit below him but um you know you, you bring a horse back i mean if something epicenter on you know something unfortunate happens and he has to be retired <clears throat> all of a sudden you're you arguably the best horse in the country <laughs> right you by know? default like just by accident like, wouldn't they be better off, um, you know, winning a couple of these big races? Right. That's all it takes. And and going to stud as a first year stallion next year, with a, with you know more credentials, um, and you know, of course, there's always a possibility that uh, he does have some physical issues, and they've been holding or something. Who knows? I mean, it's possible. And it's not something that you'd be announcing. But um, it just seems like we haven't seen the best of him. And, I mean, look at Gunrunner. If you I mean, retired Gunrunner really get good until his three-year-old year, yeah. you know, he was an okay three-year-old. He was a good three-year-old. He probably wasn't, didn't even have as good of a record as as, as um, Cyberknife has. But then as a four-year-old, you know, he got better and better and better and um, wound up being horse of the year. And it, to be honest, it really, uh, yeah, he probably got better mares retiring as a four-year-old horse of the year. I'm sure of that. But his genetic, genetic predisposition would still have been good. It's not going to change. It, it just really, you know, the, the credentials get you better mares. Um, more than anything, it's not well, like certainly helped. You know, it's not. It's not like you're going to be a good. If you're going to be a bad stallion, it doesn't matter if you retire one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. If you're just going to throw lame, crooked horses, then you know it doesn't matter. But um, well, I mean, it, it. It. That's. That's a really good question, though. Uh, you know, would he have had the success if he would have come out as a three-year-old and not getting as good of mares as he got? it's a valid question it's a valid question I mean 
it's difficult sometimes for us as mostly racing people to understand some of the stuff that happened. Not understand, but to to recognize like constitution on the face of it. And and it to me this shows the disconnect between racing and, and, and the bloodstock market. And Constitution um, has not had a good year from a standpoint of uh, of his best horses. Meaning that he's had four stake winners this year. Four. Uh, of the four, they're all grade threes. Uh, I think they're all single grade three winners. I don't think anyone's repeated. Uh, this is the this is the list. Uh, glass ceiling that that's the horse that um, Charlie Baker trained to Philly. The mayor, I guess he's five now. He claimed last year. Um, and she's won a couple, I think she's won a couple grade threes. Philly dirt sprints. We, the people who won the one race at Belmont where he got the lead and he shook clear, uh, the Peter Pan and the other two are a horse that was an import from Chile that won the San Juan Capistrano going a mile and three quarters. And the fourth is riding with Biden who won the Greenwood. I mean, those are that. That is not a strong group of greatest stake winners that represent them. And on the face of it, you would look at his stud fee going from eighty-five to one hundred and ten, based upon that. And I know they've earned a lot of. He's had a lot of money earned, but the money earned thing is skewed these days because of the massive amounts of purse money available in a couple locations. Uh, you, you can't even compare it to. to five years ago because horses can make three or four hundred thousand dollars without even winning a stake race which just wasn't possible years ago uh, it doesn't take that many of those types to, to skew the numbers but, and of course you still have to be a pretty good horse it's not like you, you have you know, made in tens or, or earning that kind of money but when you have four stake winners, they're all grade threes. One's a mile three-quarter race. One's a mile and a half dirt race. One's a Philly sprinter. Uh, you know, it, it's not as though, it, you know, Into Mischief does that every weekend. But, as pointed out by our friend and breeding extraordinaire, um, Mr. Sid Fernando, the horse constitution had a, a unbelievable run at the sales. I think he had 29 horses at the Keeneland September sale alone sell for more and more than $250,000, including a $1.8 million horse, a $1.3 million horse. I think at Fazek there was a $1.1 million horse. Dang. <laughs> and to me, that's a lot of hope. And I understand that he got tis the law on his first crop. So the second and you know the, the, the crop of mares he got after tis the law's big year as a three-year-old was probably the best he ever got. And maybe the year after that as well. So yeah, he was bred to better mares, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's gonna be a whole bunch of great stake winners coming out next, you know, next couple of years. It just doesn't mean that. 
And the one thing that the constitutions don't seem to have a whole lot of is, um, you know, ability to win at, at, at shorter distances. They're horses that win going long, which is great. If you have, you know, horses that can compete at the, the, the top level, because there's there's a there's an unusually high percentage of two turn dirt races in this country that are stake races. You don't see a lot of two turn dirt races uh, outside of a, a couple tracks. Um, that go they just don't go. Oakland Park is a place that that gets them to go a lot. Um, Keeneland, but Keeneland's, you know, 15 days. But, um, you know, Churchill's had to use more because they haven't had turf, but, but he's an interesting horse because he does bring a, a heavy dose of stamina and everybody bitches all the time. Oh, everybody wants to go 10 and 2 and blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, he, he's a horse that, that does seem to throw horses that, they go long, and um, it'll be interesting to me to see how how he does. But his stud fee was raised basically because of of sale results, not because of racetrack results. And that is, um, I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's interesting to me that that, uh, and it's something that we need to forget. Sometimes we need to, to remember that, not forget that uh, if you're a commercial breeder, you're breeding to sell. You're not breeding to race. And if you have a, you breed a horse and that foal comes out and it's real correct and you know, good looking, all that, you want that horse to be a stakes winner. But that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is that you sell that horse well. And then if he becomes a stake winner after that, that's gravy because, of course, that'll help the mayor if you still have the mayor. But, you know, the, their main goal is to sell a horse, not to race the horse. So the racing exploits are kind of secondary. And like I said, it's not good. It's not bad. It's, it's, it's not a good or bad. It's not a black and white thing. It, to me, it's just interesting because a lot of times we tend to um, probably pay more attention to the racetrack results part than, than anything. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, if you think about Cyberknife and what his potential campaign would be for next year, I mean, he, he, he'd have a good shot at being <laughs> horse of the year if he won, like, Two grade ones that he he could be pointing for next year. I mean, if you think about it, I mean he's tailor made for me. I think he's like the perfect horse for the Pegasus, right? Perfect. And then you know he could parlay that into maybe a trip to Dubai. Yeah. Yes, sir. The Whitney. The. Right, then the come Steve, back to the Whitney. Steve Foster, the Whitney. Um, you know, if they wanted to get freaky, they could send them out west to the Pacific Classic. All those races, um, you know, would be in play. And 
I just don't know that it's often that as an owner, and Al Gold is a good owner and he's a good guy and he's a guy that's put a tremendous amount of money in the game and he's, you know, um, he, he's been doing it for a long, long time and this is by far the best horse he ever had. And I just, like, how many chances are you going to get to enter a year where you're one of the two or three favorites for the horse of the year, you know, and it may not work out. I mean, hell, the horse might uh, um, have a bad year. I mean, it happens, but I, I just don't know that it's just not often that you get a, a chance to do that. You know, it's just <laughs> how many times are you going to have a horse that good uh, in a certain, in the circumstances, that's the other thing. It's the circumstances that, uh, I think are, are are good because I don't know that that horse is is done getting you know improving and I think he can get better. So so anyways, but uh, Jackie's warrior he's starting off at fifty. What do you think about that place? Is that, that that seems appropriate, right? I I thought he was going to be forty. I don't know why I had that number. A little before, yeah, a little lower than that. Because he is he is a sprinter. Um, I mean, and he's very, you know, he wanted a mile, but um, make no mistake about it, he, he's a sprinter. He does have distance limitations. You know, if you're you're looking for a, a horse to get on the Triple Crown Trail. I don't know that a Jackie's warrior is going to get you there unless the mare is really stout, has a lot of pan, uh, a lot of stamina, but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a little higher, but those guys, they know what to, you know, and people have to remember too. It's not like they just pull these numbers out of a hat. I mean, they do the research, they talk to people, they, they try to gauge people's uh, interest at, at certain levels and, you know, they're not going to overprice the stallion um, if they don't think they're going to get a real solid book because people like to breed to the new stallions. It's just the way it is. Uh, people on Facebook, which is always a, a wild, the wild west of Twitter racing, uh, not, not Twitter, but uh, racing social media. People think racing Twitter is nuts. Oh, man. <laughs> try some Facebook groups. Oh. Um, you keep but, saying uh, that. I don't. I don't really dive into the, <laughs> into the well, Facebook groups that much. Some, sometimes well, you, you you can't even comment. I mean, you cannot comment because if you do, it's just like attack. All hell breaks loose, and these people who are like have the IQ of a beaver like start just <laughs> going at you. You know. Ugh. But um, radio let. They're, they're talking a little bit about you know life is good at a hundred. You know the horse is number one. He's a spectacular looking horse. He's about as good a looking horse as you could get. I mean, he is just like you know he, picturesque. He is picturesque. He's got sprinter speed. He stretches speed to a mile and an eighth at a grade one level. He's got a whole bunch of credentials. Um. He, he's, you know, and people like to breed to young stallions. So 
Yeah, I'm sure that that Winstar has tested that market and they've determined that that's where they want to go. And they even left themselves a little wiggle room with the asterisk saying, you know, uh, we we have a right to to change the stud fee, which means go up (laughs) based upon the Breeders' Cup results, meaning if he wins, it's going up. (laughs) But... (laughs) um, I mean, it's it is what it is. Uh, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. If you have a mare that's that's going to be good enough to be approved to go to him to pay the hundred, and and you don't get a couple hundred thousand for your foal, you're going to be really disappointed. So, uh, but there's more. There's more. Um, Coming out, Speaker's Corner, I think, is 20. 20? 20. 20. Mm. Oh, you, know, you know who's going to study the horse I totally forgot about because in, he never raced this year? <laughs> was was um, Mystic Guide. Oh, my God. <laughs> he did, he, did, he never, they never got him in a race. His last race was the uh, yeah. Suburban last, yeah. last summer. When he finished second to um, who was the horse that uh, Asmussen trained that always ran good at Belmont, only going a mile and a quarter. Oh man, it was Linda Rice had the Linda horse. Rice horse. Yes. Yeah. Well, he got beat by that horse, and then he's never raced since. And he's going to stud, and he's by Ghost Zapper. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Ghost Zappers had any sons that have had any success at stud. Not that I can recall, not off the top of my head. I can't, I can't recall any. But um, like he's kind of an out of sight, out of mind horse. I mean, his big win was it's going to be two years ago <laughs> <laughs> in the springtime. It was March of twenty twenty one. Yeah, but he's uh, I saw him listed as as uh, on the Darley list. Not a lot of changes into mischiefs back at two fifty. Most uh, wind stars, most of spendthrifts. Everybody's kind of held steady. Some of the the second or third year stallions have, have dropped a little bit, but you know that's typical. Um, I don't. I don't really know that there's going to be a lot of surprises out there. I'll be interesting to see what like. A couple of the, the freshman stallions that have had success, like uh, Gervin and Sharp Azteca. I mean, freshman sires that really weren't expected to be um, among the leaders. I mean, I don't know anybody that thought Sharp Azteca and, and, and Gervin would be um, at the head of the class. Yeah, I mean, more Gervin than Sharp Azteca, though. Well, yeah, Gervin was was uh, standing in, and you know, stood in Florida for I think six thousand bucks. Um, and I mean, the, you know, the top is is the horses you'd expect it to justify, uh, you know, who, justify who went to stud at a hundred thousand, um, or he's he's a hundred thousand this year. 
or last year, excuse me, 2022, this, this past season, good magic, uh, bulk the Oro. They were one, two, three, uh, army mule was kind of a, I think a, a little bit of a surprise though. I, I really kind of liked army mule. Yeah. He was brilliant, but he was just unhealthy. <laughs> Sharp as Tecca's fifth. Uh, and uh, Gervin is sixth. Mendelssohn is seventh Oscar performance, who's actually starting to pick it up now that they're, there's more turf races. Um, City of Light, who I think his best turf, uh, yeah, his best runner is Chop Chop, who won on a turf but ran really good. I think Chop Chop's going to win the, the, um, the juvenile Phillies. That's my That's my release of the day. But um, it's interesting about Army Mule, and, and his best horse so far is uh, uh, Dance Macabre, uh, who's winning on the turf. Um, Boltioro's biggest winner so far is Major Dude, dude who, who won on the turf. Yeah, it's interesting how that that kind of plays out. And you, Chop, Chop Chop's a you know she's a stake winner on the on the turf, and City of Light never even raced on that turf. He was awfully good, man. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you know, last year was not a really strong year. For freshman stallions, not last year, but you know the year that they went stud, it was kind of top heavy. I think this year it's, you know, let, let, put it this way: there's one hundred thousand dollar stallion, and uh, a couple, you know, I think Bolt Euro is thirty five next year, and I, he's had a lot of winners and a lot of good looking horses that have won, um, you know, races that that are. Uh, Higher quality races, I guess, is the the number or the word I'm looking for. But he he's had a lot of black tie horses too. I mean, he's had eleven horses racing stake winners. Um, he's had four stake winners already, so uh, two graded stake winners. That's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> that that is pretty good. <laughs> but it, it's it's crazy though how how um. You know, you just never know with signs. You just don't. It's just, uh, I mean, some of the ones you think would be um, hits aren't, and and vice versa. Um, I mean, you look at the second year stallions, and it's like, a, you know, it's like a joke. <laughs> Because Gunrunner's so far ahead of <laughs> everyone else, putting the beat down on everybody. He's he's got his he has as much progeny earnings as the horse who's second and third combined. And of the horses second and third, um, well, put it this way: Cyberknife is Gunrunner's leading earner, and he has earned. Um, one point eight million dollars out of eleven million uh, total. Arrogate is is number two. Secret Oath has earned one point five million out of that horse's five point six million. 
So you take Cyberknife out, and 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 Gunrunners have still made nine million. You take Secret Oath out of Arrogates, who's number two, and and she's at four million. <laughs> He's a four million. Um, you know, Keen Ice uh, Rich Strike is about forty percent of of Keen Ice's total. <laughs> oh, Practical Joke had a has had a good year too. Cupid. Cupid was the uh, is, is is currently the fifth leading stallion, uh, second grab stallion, which is you know worth one stud for five thousand dollar fee. That's uh, that's pretty good. Not bad. If we hadn't made anybody fall asleep by now, talking about stud fees. Uh, sorry, it's the time of year though. It is the time of the year, and to me, it it is interesting, and it's uh... it is because you know I like it. You know, you were talking about Cyberknife, and I'm I'm really interested to see what he does. Um, you know, if they opt out of not running next year, so where's he going to stack up with those heavyweights? I'm not saying that he couldn't be one of those heavyweights, but. I'm with you on the fact that I think that he probably should it probably do him a world of good to to run next year instead of like what we were talking about with uh flightline where it just doesn't even make any sense. No. And it's such a it's such a contrast, you know. I'm sure he doesn't listen, but Steve will be very upset when you say for saying that. Steve the guy that disagrees with me no matter what I say. <laughs> Zenyatta helped the game, man. I tell you, yeah, prove it. Ah, you're just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Twitter voice. That's me imagining what he's going to be on Twitter. <laughs> So you read tweets in your head that way? Yeah, that, that's how that's how his <laughs> voice is in my 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 brain for his, his you know when I read his tweets. He's gangster. Uh, he gets so mad. You're the one that wants Flightline to retire. I said, no, I didn't want him to retire. I just I also I'm not enthralled with three race campaigns, you know, like. I almost feel like we're hostages to Flightline. We're hostages that, that, that we're, we're stuck waiting for months on end to, to, to see what's going to happen. You know, like now, now we're going to have coverage of his breezes. That's the next thing we're going to do. Uh, at some point, we might get to the where we just bring him to the paddock and then we'll judge them in the paddock and we'll have the, you know, like, like it's figure skating and. We'll <laughs> We'll do a couple saddling tricks. It's like a, a three-day event. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll do, do saddling tricks, you know. Venting. Look at his legs stretch, uh, you know. And oh, let's see how they look with a rider up. Oh yes, <laughs> the rider up. Uh, let's give. You them know, a- it, it it's funny, but it's not funny because it is like getting that absurd. The workouts. The, the, that's. That's the funniest thing. I'm sure if you you took the trainers from like 30 years ago and you told them that people would be like enthralled with these workouts, they would look at you like you had two heads. What? (laughs) Why? Yeah, why? (laughs) 
Why does anyone care about this? Does, do they really know what they're looking at anyways? 99% no. No. Uh, there was a horse who, who's, who debuted this weekend and created some buzz, some strange <clears throat> overreaction. <laughs> and that's uh, Malathat's little sister. Uh, who isn't so little, um, but um, what's her name? Julie Livingston. Julia. Julia. That. Julia Childs. Well, she ran yesterday at Keeneland, and she broke. If you hadn't seen the video, I mean, was it the sixth race at Keeneland yesterday? Yes. She broke fine. She seemed like she broke okay. And then she didn't have a whole lot of early speed. And it was a big field. She was coming out of post four. And maybe, I don't know, half a furlong in, they started kicking dirt on her face. And she put her head up in the air (laughs) and just backed up. Like she went into retreat mode. And I give Sayas credit. Louis Sayas was riding her. He immediately got her to the outside. And, and you know, he, I think he hit her with a whip a couple times uh, to get her, you know, like back focused on, on him, not, not the dirt. And she made a, a, a big run. I mean, she made a run just to get back into like contention. Um, and then made a big wide sweeping run. It's kind of circled the field, and there was two horses who who had, had opened up a couple. She collared them about the, I guess, past the quarter pole, a little past the quarter pole, and and then she finished okay. Like she, of course, that's a lot of energy. But I was gonna and, say, rightfully so, she right, was gonna right. finish very fast doing all that. She she did expend a lot of energy, A, getting back into the race, and B, you know, circling the field five wide at Keeneland, which is not something that's done on a regular basis. Um, though the time did not come back very good. It came back slow. And the fractions were pretty, you know, 23 and change, 46 and change. And I don't think that was a very good field, and that, that of course is completely subjective at this point. But I, I don't, I, I didn't feel like looking at the field, and most of them hadn't run. That there was a lot of really well meant horses in there, and um, you know the fact that Malathat's best distance is probably a mile and a quarter. Um, this filly was a full by Curlin. Out of the AP and D mare, um, dreaming of Julia, there's, you know, there's no reason to think that she won't want a mile and a quarter too. So just winning sprinting is a feather in her cap. But the talk about running her in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies is just, um, I mean, I, I think it's like nutty. Like, you, <laughs> you not be the first like quarter of that race. She she literally refused to take dirt in her face, and the rider had to steer her to like the middle of the track, 
And now you're going to put her in a, in, a, in a race where there's probably 13 other horses and go around two turns? Like, how is she going to escape dirt in that scenario? And, you know, what can the trainer do in the, in the 17 days in the interim between the race, that race and, and, and the race um, on Breeders' Cup, you know, Friday? What, what could he possibly do? Stand in her stall and throw dirt at her face? Say, hey, take it, you know? <laughs> Like, there's only so many things you can do. But that that just seemed, like, insane to me that, to even consider that. And I, I realized that this year's Breeders' Cup Juvenile Philly race isn't exactly, like, you know, full of a, the next ruffians. But, I mean, that, that would seem to be, like... Counterproductive. It just seems like way, way, way too much. And... I mean, it was an impressive race, but we're not talking like, we're we're talking like less than three weeks. The horse refused to run through dirt. How are you going to do that? I I don't think she's going to break and go to the lead. I don't think she's fast enough. She hasn't shown she's fast enough to do that. That's the only way to escape dirt. It's being a leader, be real wide. So, anyways, um, so that's my that's my story. <laughs> you sticking to it? Yeah, and believe it or not, that supposedly there has been, you know, potential thought given to doing that. I'm not sure what the trainer thinks, but, <clears throat> but it just seems like. A recipe for disaster. I mean, you know, there's a reason why this horse is is debuting now. The Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies, of course, is a big race. And, yeah, it it would win you a championship. But it's so great. Barbara Becky's not selling that horse. I don't know why they sold out of that. But she keeps most of the Phillies, right? And if the horse goes on and wins the Kentucky Oaks or wins the Breeders' Cup Distaff next year or whatever, she's not selling a horse. She's keeping it. So, like, you know, it's not like it's a value thing. So, I don't know. See, it just, it just seems like the... It just seems crazy. That's all I got to say about that. The Yonkers Trot, the International Trot was on Saturday. Happy oh, that was wild. <laughs> I guess, I guess, I, I took the wrong uh, Norwegian horse. <laughs> the wrong Norwegian. I did. I went Norwegian, but I picked the wrong one. Next horse you buy, that's the new name. Norwegian. The wrong Norwegian. <laughs> yeah. The other Norwegian. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that one paid 20 to 1. <clears throat> so. He did. The, the, uh, Got the best setup in, in harness racing history, thanks to Aki. 
Aki seemed like he was a rabbit for first one of them or both of them, or... even though he was driving the one that was. Yeah. I don't know. Aki's Aki. You just never know what you're going to get from him. But he did. He did just like open up. I think he went six seconds faster to the three quarters than the very next race, which was also a mile and a quarter race that um, um, the Philly one. Um, what's her name? <laughs> he went six seconds faster. <laughs> That's absurd, man. That's ridiculous. It is. It is ridiculous. That's hockey. Uh, so we're gonna put out our our rankings. We got our our people doing our rankings. Jed, you need to put your rankings in. Sid, yeah, Sid. It's late. Sid's late. Steve Bick, I gotta find him. <clears throat> oh, good luck with that. He's like, uh, where's Waldo these days? He's everywhere, man. Like, I think it's something about the leaves changing. He starts like gallivanting all around the northeast. <laughs> he likes to fall. He's a pumpkin spice and all that stuff. You know, one year the Breeders' Cup, the year uh, I think the year of Zinata, he stayed at my house in Louisville because that that was like Derby and, and Breeders' Cup when it was in Churchill headquarters, and um, he was there for Halloween, and he said to me. Well, what do you guys usually do for Halloween? <laughs> I said, "What do we do? We turn the lights out. Yeah, right. We, home. we buy candy and eat it. <laughs> like, like, what do you mean? What do we do? We don't do anything. You don't dress up. No, I don't dress up. Oh man. And then he's like, <laughs> well, "What about like the jack o' lanterns?" I'm like, "What do you mean? What all about the jack o' lanterns?" I see him at the store. So. <laughs> What do you mean? He's like, do you buy candy? I said, I don't know. Maybe my ex-wife. Maybe she'll, you know, Paul. Maybe she'll buy some candy. I guess she'll probably eat most of it herself. But, um, oh no, 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 no. So he goes out and he buys these pumpkins, and he carves them up. And I don't know if this exists, like professional pumpkin carvers, but it does. If it does. Steve Bick would be like the Bo Jackson of of, of pumpkin carvers. I got to see this. I hope he puts some pictures up. I'm sure he's got pictures somewhere. So he dressed my dogs up in costumes. <laughs> and um and then played professional host. And of course the neighborhood I lived in in Louisville got, you know, a lot of just a lot of kids in so he uh he basically uh you know he 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 ran the door that night he gave out the kids and talked to them all and yeah ask him about it if anyone sees Steve Beck ask him about the time he, he carved the jack-o-lanterns and and hosted Thanksgiving not Thanksgiving uh Halloween <laughs> two very different things by the way no, I'm sure he could host Thanksgiving too. He would have about nine different recipes for for stuffing and cranberry sauce. I mean, I, I mean, he he's got his his grandkids and and stuff. So I guess it makes sense that he's on top of stuff like that. He has some talents. You you know, 
hidden talents that you didn't know. But the perfect the 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 carving, I thought he. If I didn't see him doing it, <laughs> you would have thought somebody else. Did. I would have thought he bought them like that. <laughs> oh, he had the candle inside and everything. That's how you do it, man. Do you have candles? I don't know. Do you have candles or not? <laughs> He's like, what are you doing here? I know he was cussing you. He just laughs and shakes his head. <laughs> <laughs> Ask him about the, the Haskin couch. <laughs> <laughs> couch. <laughs> it's notorious every year. I, I'm going to have to host Steve Haskin for at least a night. We had a good time, though. It was fun. We used to have fun back then. Now everything's a drag. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it, it wasn't, but it kind of is. This yeah. <laughs> In horse racing years, yeah. Yeah, you start looking back and it's like... Oh. It's, uh, it's, it's gone... I'd say it's gone quick, but it's been, been a while. I'm going to Kentucky. Yeah. I'm going to Kentucky in a couple of days. I'm going to be there for the Fazit Goodman sale. I'll be there this weekend. Probably head over to the big the big Kingland. Sneak oh. over there. Play the, the the three dollar turf pick three. There you go. Gotta hit it. Gotta be in it the site. That's right. Yeah, I'm gonna be at the I'll be at the Fazic Tipton Yearling sale if anyone's out there and wants to say hello. Get some of that burgoo money. Burgoo. Burgoo's good. That bread pudding money. Don't mess with bread pudding. Why? That's so phenomenal. What are you what are you something doing? That, something about the name. I just don't it's immaculate. It's it's like my only request really for my you're, birthday every you're a bread you're a bread pudding person. I am. I never would have put you in that category. Yeah, with the whipped cream and ice cream, I'm I'm all over it, dude. Uh, if you can add whipped cream and ice cream to anything, it would be good. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be over there for a week. We'll be doing the show live from Kentucky next week. Noise. If I remember how to get there. <laughs> Never been so. <laughs> it's been a long time since I drove to Kentucky from the north. On purpose. <clears throat> Kentucky's hard to hit if you're not going there on purpose. Yeah, you, you gotta. It's 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 definitely one of those things you have to intend on going there. Yeah, hopefully, when I'm driving through Cleveland. Uh... The I call them the Indians. The Indians or whatever the hell to call that team. They're still playing. I don't even know if they got the game in tonight. No, it was canceled. They postponed it. People were mad. AF. Really <laughs> mad at the rain, or who are they mad at? They're mad at MLB for you know having everybody show up for them to cancel it. Well, what are you gonna do? I mean, right. it's it's just it's one of those things. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it really doesn't even matter because neither of them teams are going or advancing. 
<laughs> it's over for whoever wins. It's going to be over for them, too. Got to play the Strohs. That's right. That's right. That game killed me on Saturday. My God, 18. I can't <laughs> watch 18 in games anymore. I had about seven strokes during that game. <laughs> Worse was the the Tampa game. Football? No. Baseball. <laughs> then nobody wanted to win before they got eliminated, but Oh, the game again against Cleveland. Yeah, against Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the Houston Seattle game went four innings more. <clears throat> Almost another game. That was crazy. It's crazy to think that they, they could have two like deep into extra innings zero zero games in the same playoffs. But uh Well, Cleveland can't hit. I don't even I I I'll admit, I mean, I'm not the biggest baseball fan in the world like I used to be, but um, like I, I hardly know anybody at Cleveland. <laughs> you and everybody game. else, bro. Like, who are these guys? They're all nobody knows. That that's why they can't score. Hey, but Terry Francona, University of Arizona, Tito, man. old school. It's a Wildcat, my friend. Really? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and, and there was a lot of talk today about the the Heisa board. Oh boy. no, I did not. I did not want to be on the Heisa board, and I have no, you know. I just uh, how do I say this without coming across like a jerk? <laughs> a, there's too many people on it. If you've ever tried to get anything done. Not that this board has any power or any pull or anything. It's just kind of a hodgepodge of people. Well, hey, <laughs> there's 19 people on it. You ever had a meeting with 19 people? It's a mess. A mess. And it's just too many people on that board. <laughs> it's just too many. There's just too many people. It, it's just the way it is. There's just too many people. And it doesn't have any authority. I don't even know what they're going <clears> to <throat> do. And I think, it's, I think it's weird that... That they don't have a plan. Or at least they're not telling us. I think it's weird that... that I'd like that, they, s- that they choose who the committee to advise them is going to be as opposed to the horsemen offering up a committee of people that are going to advise them, you know? Like, it'd be like the NFL said, all right, hold on, let us pick your player reps. That's not how it works. The well, way, the way the that... Players pick the reps. and, the and, way... and <laughs> you, you pick who you want to represent them. They picked from us who they want to re- represent us. Um, and it's not a slight on anybody on the... On the um, on the committees. I, I have no issues with any of the people. I really don't. Well, that's the thing, though. I mean, you know how, you know, in 2022, what politics looks like. I mean, it, it, it's, it's almost absurd that they did that instead of the other way around. Yeah. Because then, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, the HISA 
appointed these people. So are they just going to yes them to death or not? Or, you know, I mean, not saying that there's people on there that would do such things, but it just leaves that open for that kind of interpretation. And that's the kind of stuff that they need to cut out. <laughs> you know, the perception of, you know, not everything being on the up and up. So they should have actively reached out and said, hey, horsemen, can we get some people for this? And you appoint them. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of, yeah, like, right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, give us a list of names. We'll pick out who we like. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> well, that's what it feels like this way. I mean, the other way, you know, it's like, yeah, all right, it horsemen, yeah, get your people together and we'll put them on this board. Like I told Joey, I'm not anti isa I'm anti doing it. Doing well, wrong. it seems like they're they're right. they're working in a in a backwards sense, you know. Instead of having the plan in place, it's like they're trying to figure it out as they're going along, and that usually means there's a lot of mistakes. This should have been this, this, this should have been a committee like the first month. Right. Once they knew that this thing was going to the first as soon as it passed. Right. One of the first things they should have done was was get a working committee of, of you know, representative group of horsemen to, to help along the way. It's just... It's just know, backwards. I mean... We're, 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 we're way down the, the road on a lot of these things. And, you know, like we've been told, this is law. This is the law. This is the law. You know? That's what we're told. It's too late. You know, it can't change. It's the law. But now we're going to put, oh, we're going to bring people in and we're going to advise us. And... Well, it feels more experimental than it is, quote unquote, the law. It feels Even like, is the law. It, it, it <laughs> no. feels like um, this is a um, an olive branch of sorts. But, you know, as long as you don't hold on to it too tight and expect too much. And it's going to be, oh, well, we we gave you guys a voice. I mean, I don't know that, and I don't own a single horse. I haven't bred a single horse. I don't own a mare. I don't any horse, zero. But I would say that as a prospective owner or breeder, that uh, there's only a few people on that board who I know personally that I would think would have a similar view than I have. And there's some people on there who I know who absolutely do not. Um, and a lot of the other ones, I just don't, I don't even know who they I don't are. Know. Yeah. And, you know, people talked about, about a horse, you know, a horse player representative. I did. And <laughs> that's never going to happen. <laughs> it's not, but it's it, it, it's the it's like. But it should, of course. Th th these are the customers, and I can guarantee you that no one on any of those high boards has any has almost no understanding. They don't have much understanding of of horse, like the horseman side. <laughs> um. <laughs> To think that they have a, a really good grasp of the betting side, that's just laughable. Well, clearly they don't, because if they did, your idea, not even idea, but 
the notion that or tightening up stewards calls would be high on their priority list would be on their priority list yeah not even on it. <clears throat> yeah it's probably not even on their <laughs> radar <laughs> right um, so I, I just think that this, this has been i mean uh, this is not the first time we've talked about it. it's about the 50th time and, and really nothing has changed It's as predictable as anything in horse racing. And I, I was going to say, uh, if they ask people in you know, in the industry about, about the betting side, well, most of those people don't seem to know either. Right. You got to ask, you got to go straight to the source. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm just pessimistic, but, you know, Someone to tell me why I shouldn't be. Tell, tell, tell me what we've done in horse racing in a regulatory capacity that's that's been such a success. I don't know. Maybe you should float a a tweet out there just to see what kind of responses. I don't even want to do it. I'm tired of talking about it. <laughs> it's true. I'm tired of talking about it. And it's just like, it's not going to change. And they're going to screw it up. And I guess that that's that's like, I've been a fan of the Knicks and the Miami Dolphins too long. Uh, well, I mean, no matter how good things look, they always fall apart. And this well, look- I mean, just the fact that they're taking away purse money for whip strikes, stealing, stealing purse money. Yeah, stealing. You know that that kind of sums and up everything. It. They're keeping it. Right. That sums up everything as far as you know what they've done. That's the most impactful thing they've. I've seen that they've done and and it and all it's done is just piss people off and it, it hasn't helped but not according to them according to them everybody's thrilled with this and it's been a huge success and everyone's happy and and, and no we don't have 27 guys every single week getting whip violations which we still do I'd like to know who are those people that are ecstatic about this I don't know why they they're so adamant about trying to I mean, a, an organization can't have low self-esteem, can it? It could. Yes, it could. Because our, our entire business has low self-esteem. It's depressed, to be honest. It is. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a business full of organizations that have the, the collective IQ, or I should say IQ, the collective self-esteem <laughs> of, of about a, you know, an eight-year-old girl. You know, move to, going to school for the, a new school for the first time. I mean, it's just, you know, oh, well, the animal rights people are going to get us. And, oh, well, this and, oh, well, that. They never take the, the glass half full outlook. And and as a pessimist, uh, I can tell you, it's it, it, w- when I'm saying that, that's a bad sign. <laughs> you know, I'm not exactly like Mr. Happy. <laughs> But man, at some point, you got to say, "Hey, you know what? We have a great game. We have a lot of great things that that um, we should showcase. We we have a lot of great places to to that, that you know that hold races. There's a lot of great races. There's a lot of great horses. There's a lot of you know good action. There's you know the betting game can be uh, one of the 
the greatest that there is. Except we don't get that very often. We get bow ties and stuff, but you know, and, and that that's not a call to you know ignore all the issues because we talk about the issues every Monday. Enough where people sometimes bitch at me. Oh, you're being so negative. Well, it's hard not to be negative. Watch the watch, watch the nightly news. Turn it on at six o'clock and see how many positive stories they talk about. I think what sells. I think what people want to hear about. They want to hear about the issues. And the truth of the matter is that um, this has been kind of a like a political campaign of such, but there's no votes. <laughs> you know, there's, no, there's no one running. For there's them. no end game to this. No. And, and the people are. And, and it, it, people say, oh, well, it's the feds. Well, it, it's not really the feds. I mean, it, it's kind of an FTC related thing to get it to keep it legal and all but none of the people that are on these boards are, are government people they're not none of them are none of them are they're all people that, that work in various businesses and industries that have you know somehow or another wound up on these boards but you know it's, it's not as though we have uh, 22 civil servants running the thing um so, like, to just say, well, it's the government. Well, it's, it's, they're given power by the government, but it's not really the government itself. But, um, I'm tired of talking about it already. Anyways, uh, we should, we should have a, a pretty good idea of who's coming. Um, what's his name? The horse, the, the European, the next Frankel. Um, he got beat on By Saturday. Yeah. yeah, he never got into it. I mean, he he broke slow, which was right in front of the camera too, which was great footage. <laughs> he broke poorly and then just never really got into it. He had a, he had a chance to to kind of make a move, swung to the outside, and just flattened out. Just didn't have the punch he normally had. I think the Breeders' Cup preemptions come out next week, right? Next, they should, right? After this weekend, correct? Yeah, I think like midweek next week. But um, yeah, usually around my birthday they come out. But I think that that is probably what why they planned it that way. I think so too. That's the one good thing about Breeders' Cup is it always like sprinkles around my birthday, even on my birthday some years. So. I'm down with that. I always felt bad for people who had a birthday on Christmas. Yeah. Or around Christmas or in December. I mean, even my wife's birthday is kind of on the edge. Anybody in November and December usually kind of gets the shaft. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they get the... The old double <laughs> gift, which is never going to be like two gifts. It's unacceptable. Or how about a New Year's person? Or Man. December 28th, 29th ish. It's got to be weird. For sure. Um, 
I'm trying to find the date for this stupid thing. The pre-injury deadline is October 24th. So they come out right, probably at, on my birthday. At noon. At noon. So I guess the Tyler horse from Iowa, he's gonna run in the sprint, at least it looks like it, which which is the right move. The horse has no chance in the Breeders Cup juvenile. No, I mean, what he does best. Yeah, he's a sprinter. He's pretty much bred to be a sprinter. It's always done a sprint. And that's not going to be as strong of a race as the Breeders' Cup Juvenile is going to be. It's especially since the horse is a front runner. And, you know, asking um, what's her name? Kylie Jordan, who's is she a bug or still? Um, I lose, don't she lose the bug. I think she might have lost it. Yeah. But she's a very, very inexperienced rider at the top level. And to ask her to ride in a race against <laughs> a horse like Cave Rock, um, you know, to get a mile on a 16th, it's just a horse that's never gone further than six. That That's just a monumental task. And I don't know if the horse will handle the sprint, but I mean, Sharp Azteca is, is by Freud. Freud's do just fine on the grass. I think there's been, he's had some winners on the grass, turf sprints. So, why not? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to run it, you might as well run in that race. I think I think that horse, that's a race that, that the horse could possibly win. It's going to be tough either way, but the juvenile was really tough this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cave Rock is a beast. Yeah, Cave Rock is, is not one to, to try with. Just a monster. <laughs> oh, monster. Yeah, and we'll get a lot better idea of which Europeans are actually coming. A lot, there's been a lot of... Yeah, a lot of maybes. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of, you know, we haven't ruled we it out. We thought about it. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, we haven't ruled it out yet. Well, that's not yes. <laughs> That's not, yes, we are definitely coming. So, so that'll be. That's what we should do is take the over under on Appleby runners coming. Uh, I read yesterday or the day before, the day before, he had seven tentatively planned. Um, Modern games, of course, and. A bunch, but uh, seven, I think. One for one or two for the juvenile turf, one or two for the juvenile Phillies turf. I think one for the juvenile turf sprint, one for the mile, one for the turf, and I maybe one for the Phillies and Mares uh, turf. That might be more than seven, but he, he had seven. Seven was what he was planning on and they'll all be live automatically off the plane the irony of those horses is now they get over bet they used to be under bet now they're over bet except for order of australia well he's a he wasn't appleby and uh wasn't b wasn't even supposed to be in the race (laughs) Thousand yeah, dollars for a dollar that exactly found that out the hard way. That is the truth. 
All right, well, it's been real. It has. We will uh, we'll have our poll. We'll be out probably Wednesday. <clears throat> little midweek bonus. Yeah, a little, little discussion item. I think some of the... I don't know that there's really going to be a whole lot of... Um, controversial don't say it I just don't know that there's a lot of controversy at the top of some of these lists I mean three and up uh, dirt horses I mean you have the big three right flight line life is good and epicenter Phillies, you got two Pletcher horses. I guess you could throw Clarier in there if she's cleared concussion protocol. <laughs> and, um, you know, I guess you could try to sneak in the the, the Asmussen three year old horse that, that wired the cotillion. Um, I guess, uh, did I read that Latrushka is leaning against running? That's what I thought I saw, but. Yeah, she's not going to get to the leader. She's not going to get an easy lead. She she might as well not run. She can't win. She gets pressed on the lead. She will not win. She folds. Like like ten, but, Superman uh, on laundry day. I mean, the sprinters, there's probably only two or three horses that are, you know, Jackie's Warrior, Cody's Wish, Jack Christopher. Gunite would probably be the fourth best. The Phillies, the Phillies, and Mare Sprinters. That that that's a wide open race. But that's all. That always seems like it's a wide open race. Yeah, typically not in it. Which last year she was beatable. Yeah, did get beat, but that that should be a good race. I don't know. It always, you know. Shakes out and ends up being a pretty good race. I mean, I, I don't know what the at this point, I still have no idea what to make of any of the two year old turf races. <laughs> and oh, uh, the dice, sir. I mean, the two year old juvenile dirt race is, is really wide open, too. Wide, wide open. Though I don't think a horse that ran yesterday in a maiden race should be in it, but. In the turf races, it's you know almost strictly dependent on on the euros. So. Euros, euro, euro. Now tomorrow night we got the NBA. So again, apparently we death. The NBA opens. Maybe people don't like it, but they don't care. They like it. So so there. Anything else, my friend? That is all, my friend. Well, we made it under 90 minutes. Time Lord. The Time Lord can officially mark down, and we did not use Trackus tonight or GMAX. We used the, the Beamy system, hoping for a retroactive Beamy award <laughs> to add to the mantle. 
You already have two. Right? I do. I got a pair of them. Rather win a beamy than an eclipse. The real awards. Right? <laughs> and Jose Lescano should be riding. Who? Warlike Goddess. Oh, he is? Should be. I don't know. Should be and is are two different things. He should be riding her. He gives her the best chance of winning. So, all right. Well, we'll talk to everyone uh, next week. We appreciate you listening. And uh, if you're in Kentucky this weekend or next week at the sale, and you see a big bald-headed lunatic, say hello. You're going to be the Tony steak of the day. <laughs> Maybe. That's what's up. <laughs> All right, talk to you later.